Welcome to Murder, She Don't, the movie podcast where we watch horror films because he likes them. But she don't. But then we talk about them because she do like talking. And he does, as long as it's about horror movies. So today we are talking about the 2001 film, The Devil's Backbone, of course by uh, Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) Every week you struggle with Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Mr. Del Toro. Because we are, once again, in the uh, midst of Del Toro month. Uh, It was written by Guillermo, along with uh, David... Uh, Muno, Munoz, 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 and Antonio Trashores. Uh, Antonio Trashores, T R A S H O R R A S. Let me see. Just Trashores, Trashores, Trashores. Yes, Horas. It's a double R, so uh, Trashores. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know what we do at this part. Um, <laughs> we go over sensitivities. Sensitivities. So there's a bunch of kids in this one. Mm-hmm. Kids who are abandoned, mm-hmm. kind or- of orphaned. It's it's yeah it's it's a an orphanage that they are staying at, and there's like you know some abuse by the people that some of the people who take care of them. Yeah. Yeah, but um, there's also like thoughts of. Because the guy who does the abuse, there's also hints to him being abused yes. by the older people at the thing. So it's it's the cycle of abuse. There's blood. Yeah, blood. Specters. Child, child death. Yes, child death, child abuse. And then would you recommend this one? Sure. Yeah, I uh, this is a big recommend for me. One of my favorite Del Toro movies. I really like this movie. Yeah. So to kind of get into the like idea of the movie, it's a ghost story in an orphanage during the Spanish Civil War. Yes, and the movie opens with two men dropping off a child Carlos. of their fellow soldier, another, Carlos. Yeah, another member of the, the like resistance. I forget what they were called, but yeah, like the 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 leftist movement at the time. Yes, and so they come to drop him off, and they give her gold, and she's like, no, take your gold or whatever, and we have no room for him, but they were like, well, we're leaving him anyway, and there's a really heartbreaking scene of him, like, running after Mm -hmm. them, because he doesn't know what's happening, and... They haven't even revealed that his father's died yet. Right. I don't think that anybody ever actually tells him, do they? I don't think so. So his father died, and they're like, here's this kid. We have to go and, like, fight in in the war, so we can't really have him hanging out with us. So there's this older kid, and he's kind of picking on him. He has, like, comic books and stuff, and most of these other kids have never seen him or have rarely seen these, and they're a treat. And there's two younger ones that kind of buddy up to him. But the older one kind of picks on him. Yeah, and Owl is one of the little Owl, ones. Owl, yes. Owl is really cute. He doesn't talk much, but he looks at everything, so they call him Owl. <laughs> um, let's see. What was his other friend? Galvez. Galvez is the other little boy. So Owl and Galvez. And so they hang out with Carlos the most, but they, you know, there's a bomb in the yes. middle. <laughs> in in the middle of the orphanage is a gigantic bomb, and they... which, by the way... Completely inaccurate for the time period. It's more right. of a metaphor for for everything that's going on. Yeah. Um. But completely, that is not the size of bombs that they would have dropped during the Correct. Spanish Civil War. So anyway, it's this huge bomb that landed but didn't go off, and then the bomb squad came out and they were like, "Yeah, it's a dud. Like it's not going going to go off." But the children say that you oh, can, if you put your ear do. up to it, if you put your ear up to it, you can hear it ticking. Yes. The and heart of the bomb. The heart of the bomb. 
And so they're just like waiting, right? And that makes it exciting for them. It, you know, passes the time. They go to school. Uh, who was their teacher? Oh, uh, there's Mr. Um, Cesares. Cesares, yeah. uh, who is great. He's b- played Casares. by Casares. Yes, they, they pronounce Casares. Um, he's played by the same guy, uh, Federico Lupe from uh, Corona or Corona. Kronos. Kronos, yes. It's been a long week, y'all. Yes, it has. Yes, and he's he's excellent in this one, the character. He is so good, and I so love it. He's a poet. He loves reading poetry. He's a leftist, and yes. his um, relationship with the woman who runs it... Um, he's in love with her. He's in love with her, but she's brother? still in love with... Her, her husband her who husband. died yeah and were they related i don't think i don't think they were brothers but they were like best friends yes they were both leftist and he wished that he had jesse's girl yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they were both like leftist and but uh cesares uh was cesares. cesares was more of a the poet he he wanted to talk about revolution whereas her husband was very much more like let's go and let's fight go, in the dude. streets and that's how he died and that's how he died so she and she lost a leg yes and she still believes in the cause but she's kind of lost her fight mm-hmm. with the, with his death and so i think she does have feelings for casadas but I, I don't I don't know. I believe it's he, he's suffering from impotence because he does take a shot that is mm-hmm. supposed to make it better yeah and that's where the devil's backbone thing comes in but we'll we'll get to that point so anyway it's it's the only (laughs) the only exciting thing for for these kids is this bomb that is not time appropriate that and the ghost that lives there (laughs) yes the one who sighs the one who sighs is what they call him and so they carlos's first night right they um something tips over the water and they have to go refill it so he's like, you take one, I take one. And so they go down, and the older boy fills up his water just fine. Yeah, the bully kid who's picking on him this whole time. Yeah. And so he starts filling his his jug, and he hears somebody coming. And he's watching all of the, like, the knives fall, and mm-hmm. there's, like, eerie. He keeps hearing whispers, like, most of you will die, mm-hmm. and, and th- things of that nature. And he's, like, freaked out, you know. It's dark in a kitchen. In a strange place that he's not used to. This is first night, I mean. Yeah. And so they, like, there's a a really tense part where you think he's going to be found, but he hides in a cupboard and he comes out and um, he almost makes it back. And the other kids, I think it was Owl, actually. Well, I don't think Owl and... um... Because they were there, but remember later in the movie he goes, well, you guys didn't shoot. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, They they start shooting... um... BB uh, uh, slingshot, slingshot, yes. And they break the water so jug, so it looks like he peed his pants, and of course he gets in trouble for being up. And what were you doing? Oh, I and was that's when up. like we've met uh, what's his name, Jacinto. Uh, Jacinto, yes. He is kind of the groundskeeper, and we find out he was actually an orphan at the the home too. And he is in a relationship with one of the. The teachers, Younger, yeah, yeah, uh, Conchita, I think is her name, and sure. then he's also sleeping with um, what's her name? The one who lost a leg. Yeah, Carmen. <laughs> Carmen, okay, she deserves the name. She was pretty good. And he is a complete dickhead. Yes, 
He's one of those villains who you love to hate, and there's no reason to not hate him. Yeah, there's no they, they, he has they, no redeeming qualities. You know, Guillermo, I think, writes him to. They try to play for the sympathy card because it it seems like the relationship between him and Carmen started before mm-hmm. he was of age, and he is like, "Oh, you're afraid that people are gonna see," and she's like, "No, I'm ashamed," mm-hmm. and just tells tells him point blank, like, "This is shameful. What we are doing. This is the last." time and he goes oh okay this is the last time just like last time just like last time and he basically calls her on her bullshit like you get your like you rev up your engine with him but because he can't seal the deal because of impotence assumed impotence it's never spoken of Mm -hmm. um because he can't seal the deal you come to me to get your jollies you know kicked or whatever and your your engine checked and so yeah it's Whatever, but the girl Conchita, I don't think she under she knows. No, she, I, at least not yet. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, whatever, and she she doesn't treat Hasinta well, but he doesn't deserve to be treated well. Yeah. You know, like he's like he's, the, he's, he's a dipshit probably... that never got anything, but thinks he deserves everything. In most movies, I would consider him like an underwritten villain. Yeah, like he's pretty much one note, just just a very yes. greedy person. Yeah. That's his whole the the end and beginning of his basic character characteristics are he's greedy. Yeah, but it just works in this movie for me. I I don't know why. And the whole premise about him is like he's convinced there's a whole stash of gold bars, which somewhere. we know that there is. Yes, he I don't he he he's sure it's somewhere, but he doesn't know where it is, and so. Every time he sleeps with her, he sneaks away one of her keys and tries it on the the little vault. The safe in the kitchen, which is where the kids were getting the water. So that's why he was like, oh, here's somebody in the kitchen. Let me go check. Carlos actually sees him try the the safe once Mm -hmm. or twice. And so he knows like something's up because he didn't get in. And if he needed to get in, he would have gotten in. So why is he a person who doesn't need to get in trying to get in? There's only one logical explanation. So anyway, we see this ghost a couple of times. Blood is floating up from his head. It actually starts, like the whole movie starts with a scene that they keep flashing back to, which is explained later, where a kid is lying on the ground, Mm -hmm. kind of convulsing slightly, um, with blood pouring out of his head and an older boy crying over him. And then we recognize as the boy who's picking on Carlos. It's a uh, Jaime, right? I believe. I believe his name's Jaime. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's kind of crying over him. And the boy with the head wound gets put into a pool and kind of sinks down to the bottom. That's the ghost that we keep seeing is the boy. And so the blood is floating up above his head. A very cool effect. As if he's in water. And he also, when when we see Santi, has, you can also see the skeleton They've kind of superimposed a skeleton on top of his the image of him. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like he's see-through the whole time. Yeah. Very cool effect. I love the way Santi looks in this movie. So Carlos, much like um, What's-Her-Face in Crimson Peak last week, Carlos is scared at first and is very startled by a ghost and gets chased into a cupboard at one point, but then wakes up the next morning and is like, I've seen this kid. Tell me about him. And they're like, oh, well, he ran away. He disappeared the night the bomb fell. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, the bomb fell, knocked some bricks off, and he just happened to be there. Nope, that's not what happened. But anyway, the mystery is unfolding, right? So at first, he's scared of him. The more he learns about him from the other boys, Al and Galvez, he tries to talk 
to, mm-hmm. you know, to Santi, yeah. obviously you're trying to warn me about something where most of you will die. Like, what is happening? Um, what do, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? And so shit gets fucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carlos starts suspecting that um, Jaime, I think it's Jaime. I can't, yes. I'm, I'm not positive about his name, thinks he knows something because he sees in one of uh, his drawing or Jaime's drawing books that like he's drawn a picture that looks a lot like Santi. And so he's like, oh, he knows more than he's letting on. Yes. Around this time, though, that um, Casares, is that what we, Casares? Yes. Casares uh, finds out that the guy who brought Carlos to the orphanage has been killed. So he's like, shit, he might have given up that we have the gold. We need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so shit hits the fan. He's, he's starts, so he convinces Carmen that they need to leave. Jacinto overhears him. And it's like, oh, you can't leave. You you have to give me the money first. And then, like, they get into a big fight. Yeah. And he, uh, Hasito says something about how he's sleeping with her. And that's when Cesaris, like, grabs a gun and is like, get the fuck out of here. Cesaris. Cesaris grabs a gun and says, you know, get the fuck out of here. Now, we know he's going to come back. Like, yeah. you know he's not going to give up on this so, so easy. So they start packing everything up. They're going to leave in the morning in the bus. And who is it that finds, oh, his girlfriend. Yep. Uh, Conchita finds. Has and the, se- the girlfriend finds out that he's sleeping with Carmen the same time Casadas finds out yeah. he's sleeping with Carmen. She's there within an earshot and she's just like, oh, shit. Okay. Fuck you too. And so she sees him pouring gasoline all in the kitchen with like tons and tons or like just gallons and gallons of gasoline cans mm-hmm. all around because he's going to blow the thing up. They won't give him the money. They, the gold will live. You know, he's going to blow it up. So she tries, like she has the gun. She threatens him with it. And I forget what happens. I think he knocks her out. The gun goes off. Everybody runs down there. Uh, what happens next? He throws his cigarette, lights it up. They start trying to put the fire out. Uh, A bunch of the kids are still in there. Yeah. Carmen's in there. Some of the boys are still uh, are, are outside. He also led the gasoline out to the only truck. Vehicle to get out. Yeah. To get out because they're out in the middle of nowhere, like the desert. And so when it blows up, it blows up the truck. It blows up the Carmen's in the blast. Casadas. Casadas is at the door. So he gets massive, like he gets a major wound. And he's deaf for basically the rest of the movie. And yeah, like a bunch of the, bunch of the kids die. Carmen is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Casares is majorly wounded, and the truck is blown up. <laughs> yeah, and so all the kids are trying. You know, uh, Conchita's trying to get all of the the kids together that are still alive and make sure that they're okay. The only way to get help is to walk the full days, like two. Two and a half miles, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, like, no, it's more than that. I think it was like 15 or 20 miles or yeah, something. Yeah, was... 20 miles. That's probably what it was. That's where the two came from. Anyway, the only way to get help is to go walk the 20 miles it is to the next town to get help because they don't know that they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have heard the explosion. Right. And if they did, they would have assumed that it, it was, was a bomb. war. Yeah. yeah. She's going to go get help and other whatever uh but she has a full day's walk ahead of her so while she's walking she runs into fucking jacinto with his two buddies and he gets out of the car comes up to her and is like and his buddies are like look at how he handles her watch how he handles her and you know she 
he goes up to her and he's like, look, all you have to do is say sorry to me and I'll let you get into the car. And she's like, fuck you. You just killed a bunch of kids. Fuck you. Fuck you. And he takes out his knife and he's like, all you do, all you have to say, it's over. You say sorry to me. And she's like, sorry for fucking what? Like, fuck you. And he stabs her. Because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's such and, a he's yeah. such a villain. Like, he's a villain through and through. And it's really sad because, okay, this is a little something that just, like, broke my heart. Jaime gave her oh. the little cigar band. You know, it looks that like a gold a ring. Cigar, yeah. Yeah. And it fits on her finger, so she wore it. And when Jacinto comes back, he... After killing her. After killing her, he's like, oh, yeah, and Jaime. And he gave... He gives him back the cigar band, so he knows. That he killed her, yeah. Yeah, that she's gone, and Jacinto is to blame. But before he gets back, that night, Carlos and Jamie, or sorry, Jaime, Jaime. <laughs> um, are in, like, they're they're laying down for the night, and that's when Jaime reveals the story of Santi and what happened. And him and Santi had snuck out and were going to collect slugs down in the basement when Santi found Jacinto trying to break into the safe. Uh, Jacinto gets mad at him and starts yelling at him and shoves him really hard, cracking his head open against the wall. And he starts going, he starts seizing. Uh, I, I think Jacinto runs away. And that's when Jaime comes out. And like, that's we the scene we see from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Where he's like, he's holding his head as he's dying. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he goes to hide when he sees Jacinto coming back. Jacinto throws him into the, into this, what do they call it? A cistern? The yeah. water the, in the in the thing in the basement. Sure. And uh, ties up some rocks to him and, and throws him in the water. I mean, sneaks back in and that's when the bomb drops and he the bomb drops right in front of him. And metaphor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember, this isn't a ghost story. <laughs> the ghosts are metaphors for the past. The next day, Jacinto shows up um, and Jaime's like, well, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. Casardas is still alive. But fatally is, is, wounded. Yeah, he is. He is He's, fading. Yeah. But he is like, go get my phonograph, go get my records, play them. Uh, Jacinto comes back, and he's standing up in the window, and his buddies are like, I thought you said you killed him. Well, he's he he ain't got much left, blah, 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 blah. But that's enough to scare his buddies off. So but, then they come back at night. Yeah, he does. Um, Casares does say, I'll wait for him forever or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sit here and wait forever. Yep. And he has his gun, and the two kids are are seen flanking him and you know Casadas is just standing in the window and it's just it's such an image and I love it because Casadas is willing to die for these kids he doesn't give a fuck yeah and he's really all the these it's these kids Casadas and everybody else is gone anyway they come back and Casadas has died mm-hmm. in his chair and he's surrounded by flies mm-hmm. uh Jacinto comes in gets all the kids locks them in this room and there's no way to get out. And so they're still looking for the gold. They haven't found the gold yet. That's when he gives Jaime the gold um, cigar band. And we know that Conchita is gone. He's looking for the gold. Trips over. Carmen is sad about that for a second. Because I th- think he really truly developed feelings for her. Even though it was suggested that it was an abuse situation. And he trips over her leg. Finds out that it's... Heavier than hollowed. it's usual. Yeah. <laughs> and so he opens this, like, he, like, kicks it, and this compartment opens, and there's the gold. So he puts all of the gold in his pockets. While this is happening, the kids are like, we have to get out. We have to get out. So they 
throw Owl, because he's the littlest one, out the window. Well, like, they take all the broken glass out. Yeah. But, like, they put him through the window, but he falls and breaks his ankle. And it's so painful. It looks brutal. Oh, God. And so he's like, I can't. I can't walk on it. I can't walk. Oh my god, I'm I'm, you know, he's in pain. He's a little kid who just like snapped his ankle completely off the rest of his leg. And all of a sudden the door unlocks and they come around and Al is like, "Oh, it was Casadas. It was Casadas." And they're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, but it was the ghost. And I'm like, See, this the kids, is the ghost I want. <laughs> the kids also make uh, spears. Yes. Because they realize that like, like he's going to... Make shivs. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's going to kill them. Like at, Once he finds the gold he doesn't carry, he's already killed all those other kids. Yeah. So they lure him down to the basement mm-hmm. and proceed to brutally stab him with those... In the underarm. Again, an underarm wound. But uh, okay, like... <laughs> far be it from me to ask for a bloody head wound with a face face getting bashed in with a bottle butt of a bottle but if anybody fucking deserved it it's Jacinto okay Del Toro you let me down no, like I the actually, one time I really like his death because he does suffer a bit yeah. like he gets stabbed a whole bunch in really painful places he falls into the cistern but yeah he falls into the cistern and the gold in his pockets is weighing Weigh him, down. him down so he's trying to get it out and that's when Santi grabs a hold of him and pulls him down lower. Yes. Uh, which I thought was, I was like, oh, that was, yeah. It's poetic. Yeah, yeah. That's a good death. Or, it's well, a... not a good death. It's it's a well-written death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wanted it to be more gory. <laughs> and then. This is the one time that I was like, come on, Delta. And, okay, ouch. The underarm stab wound, like, ow. Um, and, like, the greed, and that's beautiful, whatever. But, like, no face bashing? Like, none? Come on. I love the last shot, though, of the boys as they start kind of... One of them's carrying Owl on his back. I think it's Jaime's carrying Owl on his back. Yeah. And they're walking to town. And you see the ghost of Casadas just watching them, keeping yeah. an eye on them. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. God, I love this movie. What did you think of the movie? I liked it better than I thought. I, uh, devil's backbone right so devil's backbone comes from there's like these like medicine jars like mm-hmm. the big apothecary jars and inside of it in lots of alcohol and like tequila whatever they had at the time to preserve is this uh embryo that is developing its spine on the outside of his body yeah instead and- yeah, Cassetta says a bunch of them what were used to be called pickled punks yes it'd basically be pe- or children or Fetuses with major birth defects. Yes. That would either die immediately or, like, upon removal, realize that they were horribly deformed. Right. Or, I guess, be removed because they were horribly deformed. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't I don't either. And this movie is completely in Spanish, which I love. Um, subtitles. <laughs> Yay for the DVD having English subtitles, <laughs> though. Thanks for nothing, Amazon. And, um, but yeah, he would sell the... The liquor out. The liquor out because it's the devil's backbone and it's meant to give a little bit of spice when when old men want to feel something and then yeah. he takes a shot. And that's that's the like nod to impotence that I'm speaking of. But yeah, that's where the, the name comes from. But really, it's just a story of boys in an orphanage mm-hmm. during a time of war with a shit caretaker and a caretaker that really cares about them. So I I enjoyed it. More than I thought I would. 
But like the one time I wanted gore and Del Toro couldn't <laughs> deliver the Del Toro. So the, there's a lot of interesting backstory to this movie. Um, he'd made Kronos and that was kind of like well received for kind of a small mm -hmm. Spanish language film. So Hollywood was like, hey, do you want to make a movie here? And he makes a movie called Mimic. Mimic, I like. It's not a great movie, but it's pretty good. But he had a horrible time making it. Mm -hmm. Like the studio was constantly interfering him with him. Uh, he did like. He, his English wasn't super great at the time, so he just felt like he was being taken advantage of here and there, and just he did not enjoy it. The movie came out. It was cut to ribbons, not what he wanted to release, and nobody liked it, and he was just like, this, I, I can't do this again. I need to go home. I need to make a, ma a movie in my language, and he started coming up with this idea based – there was a one of his co-writers like came up with the idea of like an orphanage with a giant bomb in the middle of it. And he just started adding a ghost story on top of that. And he's like, okay, I want to buy your script and then we're going to build Rework more on top, yeah. top of it. And I, God, I feel like this movie is him being like, let me just breathe and make the movie I want to make. And it's so good because of it. It's, it feels, it feels like it feels like somebody who's got the freedom to tell the story he actually wants to tell. It feels like mm -hmm. exactly what he went out to make. And it's just a beautiful story. I love how, like, it's a simple story, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not a super complex story. No. You know it, exactly who you're supposed to hate, and you're allowed to hate them all the way through. Yeah, so. uh, the background of the the politics at the time is more complicated, but, like, he, you can tell where he's coming from right. when you watch it. You know if I mean? you didn't know the politics of, of the Spanish Civil War, yeah. you, you would still enjoy this movie. Yeah, but, I don't know, I just really like this movie. Really well acted. The kid who plays Carlos is so good. So good. The kid who plays Santi's really good. Jacinto uh, is just, like, such a good villain. And, of course, Felipe Lupe, or, sorry, Federico Lupe, once again, just putting in a command performance. Mm -hmm. He is so good in this movie. <laughs> oh God, he's like it. His his whole character is so touching and so much fun to watch, and you can see he really cares about these kids and the way he, you know, he calls him Carlito and like, oh, I love him so much. Like, I love his character. I like his character too because you know he didn't get the girl mm -hmm. because he wasn't a man of action, and then finally he's staving off death as long as he can so he can protect the fucking kids, and he's finally a man of action, and he like of course he's gonna do that. Like it's not his character, like the the character's character, mm -hmm. like the personality of the guy is is un untainted. Like there's no smudge on his. I'm, I know he has regrets about not being more active, but, mm -hmm. you know, as far as, like, going out and revolution and all of that stuff, like, he wasn't that. He wasn't that guy. He yeah. was the idea guy behind it. He was the poet of of the revolution. Um, and he, I love him reciting poetry. I love him just getting involved in, in their learning and how he... It makes them wait to have breakfast and they don't hate him. They mm -hmm. they respect him. And it's a great kind of mentor relationship. And I really enjoy the fact that the romantic relationship, even though it's not sexual, is between two older characters. Del mm -hmm. Toro does that, again, very nicely. I mean, he did it in Kronos with the same actor. <laughs> and he does it here. Crimson, I do have to say it's a little bit like Crimson Peak is 
is devil's backbone for white people. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like there's a lot of like the there's floating blood yeah. and the, the, the image of the specters are very similar and the whole like, Oh, I'm scared of them. Wait, they want me to do something. Tell me what you need me to do. And Santi is like, bring me Jacinto. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Bash his face in. And then Del Toro doesn't deliver. So that's my biggest complaint is like, <laughs> I never thought I would be like, I wish it was more gory. But no, that death needed <laughs> needed some more gore, Del Toro. Um, but it was very poetic, very well-written death. Um, but yeah, it, there was just a lot of parallels mm-hmm. that came between Crimson Peak and this one. Yeah, watching them, especially back to back, like we did, or yeah. not, well, not back to back, but like with a week in between, it was right. like those those parallels became a lot more obvious. Mm-hmm. I feel like I liked this one better. I feel like this one's more true to who Del Toro is. And there's no incest. <laughs> yeah. This one's a little less polished, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I like the rough around the edges, though. Yeah. Like this is it's indicative of its time, you mm-hmm. know, or the time period it's set in, rather, because you just, you made the the most of what you had but like with carmen having the keys and lucille having the keys like keys are a very big aspect of this Mm -hmm. and the keys being stolen like there's just so many parallels (laughs) between the two movies that the plot is different Mm -hmm. um but there's so many elements that are the same so i was like this is this is the real movie and then he made crimson peak for white people <laughs> like that's what happened <laughs> and thank you but like also <laughs> yeah i, I th- this is a great but like i i really liked crimson peak but I, this one poof, this one's good mm-hmm. um what about a menu would you put together a menu for this uh what do like, they eat i feel like you could make your own pickled punk like put a oh, baby doll inside some. Don't do that. That's gross. <laughs> it weirds me out. Um, but definitely have tequila shots. Like pickled punk uh, uh, shots for everyone. <sighs> you keep saying pickled <laughs> punk. Yes. Mm. Mm. Um, they had what was it? They had for breakfast. It was, it was they? I mean, they were very broke. They had all that gold, yeah. but they couldn't spend it because then. They would the, know they have all the they gold. They would know they have all the gold, yeah. <laughs> so they, like, I think they like, had potatoes. Yeah, I think they did They did have potatoes. Uh, they had, I think it was, like, toast and eggs or something, eggs or something or one oatmeal, morning. Yeah. Something like that. Very um, simple food, yeah. Very simple. So I would just stick with, like, Spanish foods. Mm-hmm. Not Mexican foods, Spanish foods. And I, un- honestly, living this close to Mexico, we're in Texas, uh, living this close to Mexico, like, I don't know any Spanish foods. <laughs> we so. don't even know all the Mexican foods, but <laughs> our Tex-Mex is like... Killer, but, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I pick a Spanish wine and have a devil's backbone shot. <laughs> and papas fritas are really mm-hmm. good. That's fried potatoes with some Cholula and a runny egg. That's all. The, the movie feels dirty and sweaty a lot of the time. Yeah. like Because it, it's, it's out and they're in the desert and it's hot and... Or maybe not the desert, but like a very dry region. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like you just want a nice cold beer (laughs) when you're watching this movie. Yeah, cerveza. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could do something with like the gold bars. Maybe the devil's backbone shot has some gold schlager in it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Or chocolate covered or like gold foil chocolate. Yeah. You can find some. Yeah. I'm sure. It's all over the place. <laughs> Buy those little uh, gold nugget uh, Get, <laughs> candy yes, bars. Yes, that would be perfect. Okay. Wine and gold nugget. Chocolate little bars. Little miniatures. Yeah. All right. So we get to the uh, 
rating portion of the evening. Sure. Uh, what are we gonna? What kind of scale we're we gonna use for this? One to ten bars of gold. Uh, one to ten pickled punks. <laughs> 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 you think you're so clever. One to ten owls, because he was literally Aww. my favorite. One to ten Santis. Santis is a good one, too. I like that one. One to ten cigar band rings. <laughs> Do you want to go with that one? No yes. one's sad, though. Okay. I know. Um, I'm going to go... I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure this is an eight. I'm, I'm positive this Only is an eight. Only an eight? Yeah. Like, For you? I it's it's a movie I could watch a lot more, but you know what? I was waffling between eight and nine. And now I'm like, is it a nine, dude? It I might be a nine. The way you were talking about loving this movie, I I was fully expecting to have another ten from you. Like, I would rather, I give out tens very rarely. I would rather watch this one more than The Shining, and you gave The Shining a ten. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is that true for you? You would rather watch this one than The Shining? I don't know. I think you like this movie more than you like The Shining. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't mind watching The Shining again soon. No. <laughs> Have fun. Damn, now you're making me rethink this whole thing. I do really love this movie. Every time I watch it, I, I, I remember again how good this movie is. Okay, tell us why it's an eight, and then I'll go, and then you can rethink, because I've given you some things to think about. And now I'm trying to think why I'm thinking it's an eight. What is like? What is knocking on this movie? The budget's a little low, but I mean, it doesn't feel like it. You know what? Screw it. All right, we're starting this over. <laughs> <laughs> Erase all that. No. Um, yes. Yeah. No. I'm editing this one, so Shut I'm up. gonna just cut all that out. All right. So. No, uh, I want them to 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 hear that you thought it was an eight, and I called you on it because <laughs> that's bullshit. Oh, but is it a 10? I just, I feel so weird giving out 10s like it's a perfect movie, but I really can't think of anything wrong with this movie. Like the only other, literally the only other movies I've given a 10 to this whole time are The Shining uh-huh. and Return of the Living Dead. Mm. <laughs> and Return of the Living Dead is just like, that's my that's personal. That's your favorite. I love that movie. I think it's a perfect movie. It's exactly what it wants to be. And the more I think about it, maybe this movie is a 10. Shit. Yeah, The Devil's Backbone's a 10. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 10, 10 uh, gold cigar bands, because this movie has no flaws. I can't think of anything wrong with it. Maybe Carmen is a little underwritten, but like I, I feel like you, if you write that character too much, she takes over the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this movie's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I called it. <laughs> now, I like this movie. Um, but I'm going to give it a seven. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not a two. Okay. It's not a one. Mm-hmm. Stop it. It is a seven. I would I would love to watch this one again, possibly with the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would really enjoy it. There's a couple of like like the Jacinto Carmen scene that maybe is too, a little too, too much, old yeah. for him as of right now. But give it a couple of years and he'll be desensitized to that too. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, it's a seven. And I think it's a seven because we watched Crimson Peak first. Mm. And I felt like it was the same movie, kind of. There's a lot of the same Elements, ideas. Yeah. yeah. And I just, like, I wish we, I wish I had chosen this one. It's just like the devil's backbone seemed just very like, mm-hmm. um, and kids, creepy kids, I can't do it. 
Um, but the kids are really sweet. Santi, even as yeah. a ghost, is such a sweet kid. Oh, but his eyes freak me out. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. By the way, there's an action figure they made of Santi. Oh, I don't have fuck it. that shit. I nope, mean, you're I never going to have it. Have, I need it. No, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven, and I think that is solely only that's redundant. That is solely because I watched Crimson Peak <laughs> first. I really enjoyed it. What'd you give Crimson Peak? It was a. I don't remember. Was it a seven or an eight? seven or an eight Uh, i don't know but yeah i loved that it was subtitled i'm not afraid of a subtitle i love what is the older actor's name oh the actor's name is uh frederico lupe yes love him uh carmen yeah i couldn't i wish there was a little bit more but i see what you're saying about it would take over the like this is not like she's such a powerful person personality wise and she holds the power even though she's disabled even though she doesn't have you know she's the one who calls the shots right and if you make if you if you put too much into her character she'll just take over the story right that's what i feel like is yeah and i i agree with that i see that but i it's so hard to put my thumb on her and i don't know why she decided to start this and maybe it wasn't her maybe it was jacinto Mm -hmm. trying to buddy buddy up with her so he could find out where her gold is and the reason why this keeps happening is because he still doesn't know where the fucking gold is and which key it is maybe Mm -hmm. i mean he has ulterior motives all over the place maybe it's not her maybe she's just vulnerable because she is a widow who hasn't had her (laughs) <laughs> socks knocked off or sock knocked off <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was that was a cheap shot sorry punch, punch up punch up not down um but yeah so i i wish there was a little bit more to her i wish her and jacinto's relationship would have i wish it was definitive whether or not it started when he was 18 yeah and who started it? Because I honestly think that she does have feelings for Casares, but out of respect for his best friend and also possible impotence, nothing happened. I also think there's uh, something there of not wanting herself to get caught up with another revolutionary. I think she's trying to let yeah. go of that. Yeah. So instead, she jumps into bed with the fucking villain. Like, I don't. I don't think the good for what, nothing. Nothing. We don't. We don't know. But it, just the character that Jacinto is, it seems like he would have been the one to seduce her to get to that. You know yeah. what I mean? I, we don't know. It's I'm never definitive. It, but... I am putting it on him, but because I can't define that with the script and with the movie, yeah. I'm going to take off a point for that too. Because I'm I, curious. Uh, but yeah, seven, solid seven. Yeah, almost eight, solid seven. So that yeah, that's the episode. That's Devil's Backbone. If you like us, join us on TikTok at Murder She Don't. On Twitter at Murder She Don't One. And uh, the Instagram at Murder She Don't. And join us next week, maybe. Uh, so we've got a big thing coming up next weekend. We're gonna try to put out an episode. If not, join us in two weeks. Uh, there might be a, uh, an episode of just me and the boy. We watched a. Netflix horror movie. No, but we're going to finish out Del Toro month. We're going to try we, to do. Yeah. We're going to try to do Del Toro. We're going to try to finish Del Toro month. Just, you know, we might not do it on time. <laughs> we might not do a double feature. Yeah. I was thinking, um, since we are on a time crunch this week, specifically, mm-hmm. what if we watch a 
summary video of Blade 1 to give me the backstory so we can just watch Blade 2 instead of doing that double feature. Uh, if you want to. I mean, Blade 1's a really fun movie, though. I know. And I will go back. <laughs> I'm the type of person that spoilers don't really exist for me. Because yeah. you can tell me what happens. And I'm still going to want to watch it to to see how it happens. You know what I mean? Like, I'm spoilers don't stop me from watching anything. Unless it's a Marvel movie, I really usually don't care about right, spoilers right. too much because, like, I, I sometimes feel like spoilers can actually help you with them, enjoy the movie personally. Yeah, and get into the movie. Yeah. For sure. Because you're not sitting there going, like, well, what, what, wait, what? Huh? I feel like with a spoiler, you're like, okay, I know where this is going. Why does it get there and how? So, yeah. anyway. But then, like, dipshit, you're the one that's like, oh, it's a documentary. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's not. <laughs> I just wanted because I, 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 there were so many people I talked to who thought it, like going into it, thought it was a documentary, and I went into it knowing it was a movie. I wanted to see what your reaction Ancient would be. Ancient history. Let's. Yes. I anyway, think that was on season we're one. This out. <laughs> anyway, um, join, join us, us next week. Next time. Next time. If it's not, it, it'll come out next week. It just might not be on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, for Blade Two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll be back with Candyman sometime after that, and Night Books probably. <laughs> yeah, and that's just with. Oh, and we're gonna boy. be doing a creep show episode that we promised too. So. Oh yeah. All those coming up soon. Join us for those then. And until then, remember. What is a ghost? A tragedy condemned to repeat itself time and again. An instant of pain, perhaps. Something dead, which still seems to be alive. An emotion suspended in time like a blurred photograph. Like an insect trapped in amber. Yeah, I didn't. A ghost is I me. <laughs> the ghost is me? A ghost is me. <laughs> Alright, that was, uh, that was, yay, that was the end. Goodbye. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>